0: I was a teenager, and I went to my youth leader's home to babysit their kids, and I rooted through their albums and found this... Will I'm glad no one can see what I'm doing right now. It's just awkward. <laughs> so, listen, i got to get into the intro to this interview because i got to get to these guys and we'll get through this quick. I don't want to get through the interview quick, my interview quick. I mean, my intro quick. I don't even know what I'm saying. I'm so excited that these guys are on the show. Skip Prokop was one of my first guests in the first year I did this show, about 15 years ago. You
1: know, before I was born.
0: And... One of the reasons he was on is because I knew mean, he was a God guy. Remember? He used to do Between a Rock and a Hard Place on CFNY. 102.1, one. Yeah. yes. And he played the Jesus tunes and the good stuff. A lot of Mylon. Remember? Mylon Lefebvre. Steve,
1: Steve Taylor. You Steve, a lot of Steve, Steve Taylor. Taylor with his yellow suit and yes. all those kinds of
0: stuff. Anyway, um, and, but I, I literally fell in love with this band. No, not maybe not literally. That's a little creepy. Yes, it is. I remember seeing them at... Uh, the forum, oh, yeah. and I don't know some other place, and then Skip had a heart attack a hundred years ago. Uh, one of I don't know thirty heart. We'll get. We'll talk to Jamie in a second. To find out about how many heart attacks he's had. But and as a as a. I think I was 17 because it was before I ran away to California. It might have been the same year. I took a bus to the subway, subway to the other subway, to another bus, to another bus, to a streetcar, and went to the hospital Skip Prokop was in because I heard it on the radio, man. Really? He was in the hospital. He was like, sure he'd love a visitor from some schmuck like me. <laughs> so I walk into the hospital, and uh, the nurse goes, are you family? Uh, no. I mean, it took me three hours to get, no. Well, I'm sorry, you-, you can't see him. Well, just then his wife came out and said, it's okay, I think he could use a visitor. And they let me in, wow. and I had a lovely visit. And 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 Skip told me the first interview he goes, "That was you, man. Oh, we thought that was an angel, man." <laughs> it's like, oh, ah, ah. <laughs> sorry, sorry to burst your. Yeah, it was just me. Yeah, anyway, that's classic. So, uh, tribute to the to the man Skip Prokop, uh, who passed away uh, not too long ago, on the line with us at this particular point in time is the one and only paul hoffert and the other one and only jamie prokop uh jamie who's got the louder phone in the background is that you jamie No, is isn't me that's probably paul on the road they're probably on the road oh paul's on the road buddy are you driving is that Paul?
2: is that a little better i like uh, turn it down uh...
0: that's fine man listen any i don't care if you call in from the from the space station and we got lots of static it's paul freaking hoffert on the line with us <laughs> Juno Award-winning recording artist Lighthouse, Paul, you and Skip. Or, by the way, uh, do you do you still go by your, your old nickname? What was it? Uh, uh,
2: polybop? Really? Oh, my God, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's, that, uh, that's awkward.
2: That story goes back to when I was in my the very first band I played in.
1: <laughs> well, you guys... It sounds, like a, it sounds like a genre of music. It does. It totally does, Polybop. Like his own genre, Polybop. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the band was called the Bob Tones, and it was Stevie Bob, Nicky Bob, and I was Paulie Bob.
1: <laughs> so, like a precursor to the Ramones. Yeah, a little bit,
0: a little bit. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> um, I remember Paul. You tell me if this story is true or not, because uh, I was talking to um, uh, oh, why can't I remember his name? Uh, you know, after fifty, coming up with pronouns is like passing a kidney stone. Um, <laughs> George Oliver from Mandela. <laughs> And George, sure. George told me a story that he said down in Yorkville where the, oh, the music scene was just like the Canadian, you know, sort of Greenwich Village kind of thing, I guess. You know, one club was playing Lighthouse and all the rockers were there. And one club was playing Mandela and all the silk-shirted funkmeisters are there. And the concerts let out at the same time and he said there was a brawl in the street between the two crowds. What do you think? Is that a true
2: story, Paul? Sounds unlikely to me. I think the the, the denizens of those two uh, clubs in those days were probably too stone to fight.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's a great name for a song, too. By the way, a little country song or something. Too stone to fight. Too stone to fight. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, let's let's go to Jamie here just for a second. Jamie, listen, man. Um, you know we've known each other for a number of years now, and. You know, I've said this to you personally, but I, I want to start off, I guess, the interview by by obviously offering condolences to both you and Paul. But this is this is your dad we're talking about here, not just some founder of Lighthouse. This is Daddy. Yeah. Uh, when Thank did you. when did Dad pass, Jamie? Passed this August, August uh, twenty seventeen. This past summer. Um, and I referred earlier in this interview to a you know the first time one. The, I guess it was maybe the first heart attack he had had. When yeah. I when I spent three hours in public transit and went down and visited him, that, any idea when how long ago that would have been? Oh man,
1: that's like when you visited him. I'm gonna say that's that was probably mid '80s. Yeah, so. Th- um. He had one when I was really young. He had one when I was uh, sort of a uh, preteen. Um, then he had a double, what they thought was going to be double bypass surgery, ended up being a quadruple bypass. And then he had uh, a couple of other strange episodes that wouldn't necessarily be classified as heart attacks, but, and then he had his uh, ventricular tachycardia attack as well after that. That's when they put the, uh, um, uh the i c d uh yeah i c d in his uh, uh under his collarbone right and yeah. uh, his little defib slash pacemaker unit and uh yeah he's uh he's he's pretty comfortable and uh familiar with the uh <laughs> with the
0: idea of of <laughs> Heart issues. Sure, sure. Well, how old was Dad when he when he passed in August this last uh, last 73. year? Seventy three. He was seventy three. Seventy three. Well there's a guy who really I mean it all I guess when the track record shouldn't have ma- even made it to seventy three. So a blessing to have him that long, as they say. Paul, yeah. um, Paul My impression and I need your confirmation on this or denial, your 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 choice. My impression of Skip was that he was the wound-up one and you were the laid-back one. Did I get that right?
2: I think you got that basically right, yeah.
0: Yeah, because if if you were both wound-up, you there's no way you would have worked together for so long.
2: No, no, definitely not. We've uh, come to blows or uh, arguments and stuff, uh, but I think we were a very good complement to each other. We had uh, very similar worldviews in many ways, certainly extremely similar musical views. Yeah. And uh, we worked together very well. We both had uh, a lot of mutual respect, if I could use that that word. Sure. And I can't remember ever having a big argument or a big fight with Skip. I may may be the only guy that can say that, but uh, we we got along very well, and... um, and I loved him, and he loved me, I think. So yeah. uh, that, that helps.
0: Yeah. Well, let's go back to uh, to your lead singer, Bob McBride. I mean, that was, I guess, maybe the first real big loss of, of the boys, the gang, the group. Uh, how long ago did Bob die? Do you remember the year, uh, Paul?
2: Might have been in the early 1990s. Yes. Uh, okay. But I can't remember the exact year. And it was so sad. He was so... Uh, so unbelievably talented, uh, such a great singer, and for years when uh, uh, the band was in its kind of heyday uh, and we were on the road uh, for maybe 200 days every year, I used to room with Bob. Right. So I was very close with uh, with Bob. He was a very nice guy, incredibly talented, and it was a, a very sad and a great loss that uh, that he succumbed to essentially... The aftermath of uh, of uh, having a, a, a bad drug problem.
0: Yeah, yeah, it really took its toll on him. You know, Skip once told me uh, we were talking about sort of comparatively the Burton Cummings rocker voice versus the Bob McBride rocker voice, and Skip said to me, "You know, yep. bo- it, hands down, Bob had the most powerful pipes." As a matter of fact, he told me that Bob McBride blew apart the diaphragms in SM-58s. Does that ring any bells to you, Paul?
2: Yeah, he did. He had an incredibly powerful voice, but he also had a voice that uh, could be silky smooth. His singing singing technique um, was honed by his his mentor, and you and your listeners will probably be um, surprised to hear that... uh, Bob studied with Johnny Mathis
0: in Los Angeles. Wow. No, I did not know that. that that's incredible. <laughs> Gee whiz. Um, Jamie, you're, I don't know, who, by the way, we all want to know who you were talking to there. We could hear you talking to somebody. Was this somebody famous, Jamie? Uh-huh. Was the uh, other keyboardist uh,
1: that's been in the band for, how long have you been, how long have you been in the band, Tom? Huh? Says uh, 117 years nice.
0: currently. Nice, uh, Don Don Paulden. Okay, good for him. And the arthritis is doing well, I assume. That's good. Yeah. 25 <laughs> yeah. accurately. 25. Okay, accurate.
1: okay. all right. Uh, uh, Bob, by the way, Bob McBride, uh, he died in '98.
0: February '98. '98. Okay, all yeah. right. Yeah. You know, uh, Jamie, your your dad told me the story about, uh, and and again, I, I think this is how it went down, if my memory serves me correct, that. This was when Bob was attending Kennedy Road Tabernacle, and there was a you know big Jesus thing happening in his life, and and uh, I guess the story came out that I, I guess some some somebody involved in the drug trade smashed into his house and attacked he, him while he was in bed. Is that is that right? Yeah,
1: it was like there was a robbery at his parents' house. And he was. Basically, house sitting. If I have that accurate, I'm pretty sure that's what it was. And they broke in. They didn't know he was there, and uh, he. I mean, he, he 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 took a beating, but they 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 obviously ran off. But but he, uh, yeah,
0: he got he got smacked up pretty good. See, man, what a life, what a life. Yeah. Jamie, you're now the the skip pro cop of Lighthouse. Is that weird for you, man? And I'm going to say, man, as much as possible, man. Yeah, man. <laughs>
1: And if I was to answer like my dad, I would say this. Well, you know what? I'll tell you what. It's really interesting. That's like that's how that's how dad answers a question. T- exactly. <laughs> you know what, man? I'll tell you what. It's really interesting.
0: <laughs> that's a good impression of dad.
2: It's <laughs> um, perfect. If, it, I could, you know if I could if I could give you my perspective, uh, Jamie is, is not uh, we never wanted him or expected him to be the skip throw cup of lighthouse. But he is the Jamie Prokop of Lighthouse in the best way uh, possible. I think Jamie, uh, Jamie has a lot of his dad's best traits. Certainly musicianship is one of them. But uh, in a lot of other ways, he's a much uh, much easier guy to, uh, to get along with. Wait to have <laughs> 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 oh,
0: that's funny. That's funny. Um, I can corroborate that. Yeah, yeah. Well, you've got, I mean, seriously, Jamie, you got the best of your mom and your dad. You got your dad's musicianship and, 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 wor- and uh, um, what am I trying to say? Job, uh, work, work ethic, work ethic, yeah. And yeah. then your mom's, uh, your mom's sensibilities. And, cause listen, I've been at, I was at many sound checks slash rehearsals. <laughs> and, uh, wow, uh, it was like watching, um, Oh, I got. I can't do the comparison I wanted to do on air because I'll get in trouble. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. I mean, he just he just no man. He would just lose his mind over. It was just things. like it would be like
1: watching like a volcano. Yep, you know. Yep, that work. You just know like the size the size meter is like it's getting there, <laughs> right? And then all of a sudden,
0: just boom,
1: pull out, blow up. Oh man.
0: <laughs> but here's here's and Paul, you'll you'll dig this, man, because this is what this is what Skip told me when he was when he and I were talking about Jamie going into the band. Basically, Skip said, look. The boys didn't want to sign off on this unless it was gonna be a real thing. It wasn't gonna be like, hey, you know, your skip son, oh, you play drums. Hey, that works for our marketing. Let's have you come and join us. No, you had to actually work your butt off, and you did, and your dad, Jamie, was so proud of you because you did the work, you busted your chops on those drums, and you came in and the band went, Whoa, this this kid actually's got it. Is that true, Paul?
2: Oh, it's absolutely true, uh, and uh, I don't know who was more uh, apprehensive, Jamie or uh, the rest of us, because of course we knew we, we Jamie, you know, very well, yeah. and we didn't want to um, have him have the disappointment of uh, sort of auditioning, which he sort of had to do, yeah, in a way, to see if he could cut it, and we knew that he was a great musician and all that kind of stuff, but it's one thing to be a good musician or a great musician. And another thing, to sit behind the drums in Lighthouse, having to fill the uh, throne, so to speak, of, uh, of Skip. Right. And uh, also, it's, it's a big, complicated band with uh, all kinds of stuff. Uh, anyway, it worked out fantastic. And you're right that Skip was really proud of him. Yeah. I was really proud of him. I think everybody in the band was really proud of him uh, because we didn't so much um, ask him to replace Skip's drumming, no, which I don't think anybody could have because he was a unique and fantastic drummer. But we did ask him to um, bring whatever his style of drumming is yeah. to the same level uh, that Skip did, and, and he did that. So it was great. It changed the band. When, when Jamie came into band, it wasn't so much as, okay, well now Jamie is playing Skip's parts which he sort of had to do, more or less, in, in, in a note-for-note thing. Yeah. But uh, it just became a new band, because uh, because that's what that's the nature of, 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 of a band.
0: Well, we're on the line here with Paul Hoffert, uh, one of the founding members of Canada's i would say most recognizable rock band lighthouse juno award-winning recording artist. you know the song sunny days one fine morning pretty lady and so many more hats off of the stranger i love that tune uh and jamie prokop uh son of skip prokop a founding member and now uh a drummer for the band lighthouse and again jamie i remember your dad saying to me now again let, let's just play the timeline here you know, your dad came to this point where he's like, I guess, yeah, I can't physically, I can't do this, I can't keep it up, the intensity, and the, and and just stay with it on the kit the way I used to because of my heart and the health and whatever else. And so he had to step down, and and then I remember him saying to me, uh, you know, Jamie, he's so teachable, man. He'd come to me and he'd say, okay, in this song, man, when you'd be like, wait, now I've got to do your voice, not his voice. <laughs> but hold on—it's him telling you the telling the story in his voice. But anyway, he would say like, you know, he'd when you'd go bop 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 you know, and he'd explain it all with his bop bops, and then the double, you know, kick drum and the double hit here. And how do you do that, man? And he was just so so stoked that you would ask and you were teachable and that you pulled it off. You worked hard yeah. at it. So anyway, a kind of a cool relationship there between between uh, father and son. Yeah, Paul, you know. Most people know that Skip was a Jesus guy because, yep. cause you know, he didn't shut up about it. He was a genuine... Now, yeah, now he was a messy, like myself, a messy God guy. You know, he had his ups, he had his downs, he has his demons and, I don't know, whatever else. But he he really, really felt that there was a creator and that, that this Jesus, as he would say, cat had something to do with with, uh, with the Creator. Did that play any... Like, where are you at with all... Like, even Bob McBride had some Jesus stuff going on, Paul. And do you remember that ever causing weirdness in the group? Or were you guys also so hippie kumbaya? You didn't care what people believed.
2: Uh, probably a bit of the latter. But, I mean, uh, one couldn't escape uh, Skip's spirituality, his Christianity and uh, his Jesus beliefs. Now, I'm a Jewish guy, so the way we kind of worked that out is that, well, Jesus was Jewish, so it's all, like, really okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Well summarized. <laughs>
2: so, uh, anyway, uh, no, uh, but uh, uh, seriously, um, uh, I'm just thinking of a co- some of the songs that, that Skip wrote that would make it uh, difficult uh if you're uh, playing in the band, to not to not have to accept his uh, faith-based approach to music. I mean, he wrote uh, you know uh, a song called Eight Loaves of Bread and Jesus Turning," uh, you know, uh, performing a miracle. We did a song called "Step Out on the Sea." Uh, pretty obvious if you look for it. The uh, the metaphor over there. Uh, Bobby even uh, wrote a beautiful song called "Walk Me Down to the River, Wash Me Down," and you'll see, which is uh, you can. I mean, you know, music is music, and you can, and without the word Jesus in it, you can interpret it in different ways. But uh, Bob's song was was clearly a metaphor for baptism, yeah. and um, you know, so there was a, there was a thread that w- that went through that, and um, and we have. Uh, guys in the band are are, uh, are, uh, strong Christians today. We've always had a lot of guys in the band that do that. But when we go on stage, you know, everybody projects uh, a belief in their version of the music that we're playing. I do that with my version. Mm. And uh, uh, the commonality, I would say, is that if you look at the spectrum of uh, faith, and on one side, you have spirituality, perhaps, which is, uh, there's a lot of spiritual people in the band, I would say, almost everybody, is spiritual, strongly. And then you have faith. And then on the, on the other side of the spectrum, you have organized religion. So uh, we stay away from the organized religion in terms of uh, what we do. And when we get on stage, we have a positive message that, uh, I mean, to, to, uh, to look at, if you just look at the songs, that uh, Lighthouse has, um, has performed and recorded and is, is known for, One Fine Morning, Sunny Days, you know, uh, and on and on and on. There's uh, Compared to a lot of the bands from the time period that Lighthouse was, uh, was, uh, was originally in, and compared to today, certainly, with a lot of the rap and stuff that's going on, it was very uplifting and positive messages that Lighthouse has always... Sent out, yeah. And the way you interpret that uh, depends on your particular worldview.
0: World well, well, really, really well said, Paul. That was a brilliant uh, uh, exposition. <laughs> no, it was. You just nailed that perfectly. Listen, these guys are performing tonight in Richmond Hill, but it's sold out. Sorry about your luck. But if you want to check out Lighthouse, they are going to be performing on February 9th at the Rose Theater, Brampton. February 9th at the Rose Theater, Brampton, a great venue. Here's the website lighthouserockson.com. lighthouserockson.com. Uh Jamie, a loss. I mean it's a it's your loss is is far greater than ours as fans and listeners and friends. This is Daddy. So again, I am sorry about your loss. I am proud of you for how you've earned the privilege to play in lighthouse you've done that you did the hard Mm -hmm. work i just i'm so proud of you man i mean i remember you know 63 years ago when you and i met at teen ranch (laughs) (laughs) uh and you've just i've just you know you've been here in the studio as well i've just i really appreciate who you are as just as a dude and and i know I know, I know your dad is and was very, very proud of you, so good on you, Jamie. Thanks, Drew. Thanks, man. Likewise. And, and Paul, uh, thank you for being sort of that calm cruise control of Lighthouse, you know? you. And thank you for
2: a great interview. And, by the way, your story about Skip thought you were an angel, perfect. <laughs> Absolutely perfect. Totally plausible.
0: <laughs> totally plausible. I know. I and, what, and what a disappointment. Oh. Oh, it was you. <laughs> oh, man. Guys, thank you for your time to both of you. And, and you got to go get, get tickets, man. Uh, February 9th, Rose Theater, Brampton, Lighthouse. Lighthouse Lighthouserockson.com is the website you want to go. Guys, have a great gig tonight. Paul, Jamie, thank you for
2: your time. Thanks, Drew. See you guys. Bye.
0: Bye-bye.